All right, Revelation chapter 2 this morning, we're looking at verses 8 through 11. This morning, we're going to the second church, the church at Smyrna. This is one of those really, really good churches. Them and Philadelphia. The rest of them have a lot to be desired. And so we're going to uh, Revelation 2, 8 to 11, and the, the title today is Martyrs for Jesus. Martyrs for Jesus. Revelation 2, uh, I'll read the text, we'll pray, and we'll get in there today. So Revelation 2, verses 8 through 11. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, these things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your goodness and your blessing uh, here at Faith Chapel already this morning. I uh, just thank you, Lord, for the, the wonderful time in Sunday school and then fellowshipping in between the services, and uh, we're just so thankful to be your children here today. We ask that you would uh, help us to take heart with uh, the church at Smyrna, and, and understand what a, a great group of people that was. And uh, that we need to follow them. We need to follow them. We need to follow the church of Philadelphia. And avoid the pitfalls of Ephesus and the others. And so we ask that you would help us to, to grow together in you today as, as we see this church, which received only commendation and no correction at all. We ask that you would lead us in this time today. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill me now for this message, trust and depending in you for this. I ask that you would help me to, to bring these, these neat things well, and that we would grasp it, and that we would be like these souls uh, in that wonderful church there at Smyrna uh, 2,000 years ago. So we ask for your help, we ask for your blessing and direction right now, and we ask it in the name of Jesus, our powerful Savior. Amen. Martyrs for the Lord Jesus. The followers of Jesus have and will face opposition and martyrdom in this world for the sake of the gospel. But we have a promise from the Lord Jesus Christ of ultimate deliverance and eternal life. And we've got that eternal life right now. You've probably heard the famous statement that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And indeed, that is the truth. 
This statement was made by one of our great first church fathers, Tertullian, in A.D. 197, when he wrote in defense of Christianity to the Roman Empire. The actual quote is a little different. It goes like this. These were his actual words. We multiply whenever we are mowed down by you. The blood of Christians is seed. Has a little more punch to it, doesn't it? Yeah, you can mow us down, but man, we are going to grow like crazy. So suffering, persecution, martyrdom have always been the calling of some in the church ever since the church began somewhere among the nations on this planet from the beginning of the church and up until now and will continue to be that way. There's a book called Fox's Book of Martyrs. Many of you have heard of it probably have read it. It contains the accounts of men and women who were martyred for the cause of Christ. There is a magazine now today called The Voice of the Martyrs. They report on the persecuted church around the world today. An estimated 100,000 to 160,000 Christians have been martyred every year in the 21st century. Some estimate that 65% of all those martyred have taken place since the beginning of the 20th century. These numbers do not even take into account those who are imprisoned, those who are being tortured now this morning, those who are being persecuted around the world right now. There are loads of believers being persecuted right now today. We, we have been so blessed and so spoiled here in the United States of America. Persecution, suffering, and martyrdom have followed the church down through the years of its existence, down through history. For some believers, that is the normal Christian life. For us, it is not. But for many, it is the normal Christian life. We see all of this in the first century church of Smyrna. That was a church that was persecuted. That was a church that Christ was well pleased with, as we read in verses 8 through 11. From outside the church at Smyrna, it did not look like much. Now, we have a problem with our eyes. We oftentimes look at things and we see it all wrong. We have to be really, really careful about that. Because all across America today, what we really have is all kinds of situations in our churches. We have everything from, from Ephesus to Laodicea happening in our churches in America right now today. The church at Smyrna was the opposite of the prestigious church of Ephesus, of the wealth and prosperous church of Laodicea. And we have all of that happening in our country today. 
What the church of Smyrna had was a love and a passion for Christ that caught the eye of Jesus himself, whose eyes are like a fiery flame, it says in Revelation 1, 14. Smyrna and Philadelphia are the ideal churches. They received no criticism or correction from the Lord Jesus Christ. This was a church here in Smyrna that we can learn from. We can draw strength from their example as we seek to follow Jesus today. That brings us to point number one. Christ is characterized by his deity and resurrection power. His deity and resurrection power. Verse number eight. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. We see the first and the last, and we see the resurrection of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, being emphasized. John is writing here to the church, the divine messenger who is watching over the church in Smyrna. Today, Smyrna is the city of, of Izmir. It is the only one of the seven cities that still exists today. It is 35 miles north of Ephesus. It is a proud and beautiful city. In those days of the early church, it boasted temples of Apollos and Asclepius and Aphrodite and Sibyl and Zeus. Politically, it was very close to the Roman Empire. It was all about the imperial cult of worshiping the emperor. In A.D. 23, Smyrna was rewarded for her loyalty to Rome, beating out 11 other cities for the right to build the first temple to honor Tiberius Caesar, the one on the throne when Jesus was crucified. He was reigning when Jesus was crucified there on the cross of Calvary. Also in Smyrna, there was a very large Jewish population. That gave all the ingredients needed for a hostile environment for the church. Not only did they have to deal with these emperor worshipers, they had to deal with the Jews themselves. We do not know the particulars of the founding of the church in Smyrna. But we can guess and surmise very quickly this all had something to do with Paul's ministry. I mean, where was his ministry not impacting someone? And so we, we can kind of look to that. Acts chapter 19 verse 10 tells us that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. So the gospel was being pounded in this area where all of these seven churches existed. This church here at Smyrna really needed encouragement as it was persecuted and as it was really, really suffering. And things were going to get worse. They were not going to get better. 
So what does John do? John takes them back to the vision of the glorified Christ in chapter 1, verses 9, 9 through 20, but especially verses 17 and 18. In Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, we find these words, which John again brings to light in chapter 2. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. That's power. A lot of folks are going to try and talk their way into heaven. It's not going to happen. It is just not going. It's now or never. Receive Jesus today. These are words that the church of Smyrna needed to hear at that time. They needed to see the empowered Christ. They needed to hear these words about him. And so it brings us to letter A, he is the eternal God. He is the eternal God. Jesus is described as the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. I guess it was this past week, Monday, we had a concert. It's past Monday. All right, boy, boy the days go by. So you're up there to, to see the, uh, the concert that Hannah and Mark participated in, and it was in the, the church uh, in Camp Hill, uh, Holy Trinity Lutheran Church, or just Trinity Lutheran Church. Big church, big brick church, the original building is there, and someone masterfully built this addition onto the side, whoever did that. Uh, awesome job. Really nice. So anyway, the orchestras practice there every Monday night in that church. And uh, of course, they, they took up everything up front until we got to the high school group. But you know, as you look at that, the front of that church, the beauty of it, and above there is a woodwork all in white paint. And there on either side, uh, of the front of the sanctuary was the Alpha and the Omega. Just the letters, just the Greek letters, they were there. I wonder to myself, do those folks really understand all of that? Do they get it? On the left, as you're seated in the pews and you look to the left, it's by the doors that go out to this beautiful alcove and fellowship hall and all that, is a, a beautiful stained glass window. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And they've got the old ships that they used to sail in in the great missionary days with the big sails and all that. And they had just, just a lot of depictions. I thought it was really, really nice. I, I wonder if those folks really understand what that's all about. All of that's going back to the book of Revelation chapter 2. It's right there in the church. It's there for everyone to see. It's just gorgeous, beautiful. And then to have the, the great big brass chandeliers with all the arms and lights and so forth. Just a 
beautiful sanctuary. Jesus is described as the Alpha and the Omega. The characteristics of deity are appropriately ascribed to Jesus the Christ. The emphasis is on his eternality and his sovereignty. Smyrna needed to be reminded about that. People suffering persecution need that kind of a reminder of our Savior's eternality and his absolute control over everything. He is the eternal Lord over all of history, and he will have the last word. It's funny how we see momentum, whether it's a sports team, a business, or whatever it is, but you know what? That momentum can come to a screeching halt. It can be changed so fast. But one thing is for sure, our Savior has the very last word, and it will be as he says, and as he has prophesied that it will be. Christ has always been well aware of his church and what the circumstances are of his people. All over the earth today, there are some that are suffering terribly. And then there are places where things are really good. And, and there's great evangelism and souls are being saved by the thousands. And then there are other places where uh, our brothers and sisters are being murdered. They're being martyred. They're being tortured. They're being thrown in jail. And our Savior knows their situation right now. He understands that situation right now. And he has their future in plain sight. Time is on his hands, not ours. Our God can be trusted today and tomorrow. The city of Smyrna claimed to be the first in Asia. But it is Christ who is the first and the last. What is Smyrna today? What is whatever it's called today? Not a whole lot. <laughs> Not a whole lot. Things change. But our Savior, he is immutable. He changes not. He is the first and the last. And only he provides a superior foundation for our security. We are like totally secure in Christ. And then letter B, he is the resurrected Lord. He is the resurrected Lord. The first and last speaks to Christ's deity. The one who was dead and came to life speaks of Christ's humanity. So we have both being brought up to the church at Smyrna, his deity and his humanity. As deity, he has authority over time. Jesus in his Humanity has authority over death and life, and he has the keys to all of that. Jesus experienced death for us, a far more horrible death than any human will ever know. 
He bore the full judgment and wrath of God for the sins of the world. He experienced slander and persecution and rejection and imprisonment and torture and death. Everything Smyrna is going through, Jesus already experienced. He's already been through all of that. He has already walked the road that Smyrna is walking now. But he came to life, and he conquered, and he won. Like their Savior, Smyrna walked the road of persecution and suffering. Like Jesus, many went to their death. They didn't do anything that Jesus hasn't already done. Everything they're going through, he's already done there, already been there. But what is God telling them at Smyrna? They should not lose heart. Do not lose heart. To live is Christ and to die is gain, we're told in Philippians 1.21. In Christ, we are in a win-win situation. We can't lose, no matter what. Jesus lives and we will live with him. Because of this guarantee, Smyrna has... I know fear of the death that all people should be afraid of outside of faith. The second death. And he brings that up in the last verse of this section, verse number 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Smyrna, you are free, you are safe, you are secure. It doesn't matter what these people do to you. You are going to come out. You are winners. Don't lose heart. There is a powerful modern-day martyrdom story that comes out of Australia. Not too many years ago, 1999. Okay? Most of us were around. <laughs> 1999, missionary Graham Staines conducted five-day open-air jungle camps for 20 years. He also had a hospital and medical clinic for the lepers. That he had for 34 years. 58-year-old missionary Staines and his two young sons were sleeping in a vehicle outside a local church when militant Hindus doused their car with gasoline and burned them to death. While they sh danced and shouted, justice has been done. The Christians have been cremated in Hindu fashion. Horrible. Two days later, the lepers had a service. They dug the graves. And they mourned. His wife Gladys and daughter Esther, age 13, stayed on to continue the ministry. They forgave their enemies. 
That day, a 58-year-old missionary and two sons, ages 10 and 7, were martyred. And Gladys said, I am terribly upset, but not angry. My husband loved Jesus Christ, who has taught us to forgive our enemies. How did she do that? How did she forgive the enemies? Well, we know the answer. Only Jesus, our resurrected Savior, can empower his children to do that. You will not do that in your flesh, but you will do it in the spirit of our great God who helps us to do this. Point number two, the church is commended for its faith and perseverance. The church is commended for its faith and perseverance in verses 9 and 10. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. The word Smyrna means myrrh. It is a sweet perfume used to embalm the dead bodies. It was a gift from the wise men to the toddler Jesus, prophetic of the suffering and death that Jesus is going to experience. This city has had a history of suffering, but now that lot has come to the church of Jesus Christ there in Smyrna. The outward signs of the church at Smyrna were that they were weak and that they were poor. Again, it's the, the visual of the human heart. They are looked upon as weak and poor. But looks can be really, really deceiving. On careful inspection by Jesus himself, we find that this church is strong. It is not weak, and it is wealthy. It is not poor. That's how Jesus saw it. Now, we need to mark this down in our own hearts and lives. We need to see things as Jesus sees things. We don't view things like the carnal believers do. We don't view things like the world views them. We know what the world thinks of all of us here this morning. We're just a bunch of idiots wasting our time worshiping some no-god. That's what they think, but that's not the reality, is it? That is not what Jesus sees here this morning. So A, we must accept sacrifice. We must accept sacrifice. Jesus said, it's going to happen. It's coming already been happening. He tells the people at Smyrna, I know thy works. I know your tribulation. I know 
your poverty. Now here's what I want us to do this morning. Let us go and let us be seated in the church in Smyrna. Persecution's been going on, all right? Let us imagine, here we are today, we are in the church at Smyrna. We are sitting amongst the believers there on Sunday morning. There is only one candlestick that is lighting the room where all of the remnant of the beaten and beleaguered church members are sitting. This used to be a very well-lit church. There was light everywhere. It was full of people. It was a lively group of believers. But now there's a lot of people missing from the church. We can almost see that here this morning. Let's just say that, that normally every seat in this church is full, but now we are in Smyrna. We are a Smyrna-type church. And you look around and you see a lot of places where believers used to be sitting, but they're not there now. They're gone. What happened to them? Well, some of them fell away under the persecution that came to the church. The others are gone because they were arrested, they were exiled, or they were martyred. And so today we are gathered together in, in risk of our lives this morning. We have come to worship, we have come to sing to our Savior, we have come to pray, we have come to learn from His Word. And everybody in the, in the Smyrna church is desperate For a good word. And this morning, it comes. And the pastor unrolls the scroll. The words from Christ himself. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. Imagine yourself sitting there on that Sunday morning. You see, Christ has first-hand, precise knowledge of their dilemma. He knows exactly where all those people are that aren't there this morning. He knows the burdens that these people that are there have. He knows the pressure they're under. He knows they're under a lot of weight. But this church has endured. They have endured economic, physical, religious, and social opposition. They have endured it all. They have been ostracized. They have been boycotted. They have been misrepresented. It took something for them to stand for Jesus. Are you ready for that in America? We need to get ready if we're not. We need to start thinking ahead. Smyrna may come to a town and a church near us. It may come to us. 
there was real sacrifice in remaining faithful to the Lord Jesus. I guarantee you the carnal ones in our country, when the persecution starts, they'll be gone. The good time Charlie believers, you'll never see them at church again. They are not prepared. They're not ready. We need to be. We need to be ready. But what does Jesus see as he looks at this church in Smyrna? Let us remain seated with those people in Smyrna. What does he see? He does not look at this church and say, you're poor. No, he says, you're rich. You are rich. Materially, they have had very little. But spiritually, they have everything. The world has been mocking them as paupers. That's how they saw it. But God looks at them and he praises them as wealthy. James 2.5 says, Hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? There are sacrifices in following Jesus, but he is worth it all. Some of us in this room have sacrificed, have suffered, maybe not with a gun or a sword or a knife, but we've had the verbal stuff. We've had that. There are sacrifices in following Jesus, but he is worth it all. We need to remember something. One day, the tables are going to be flipped. Talked about that in Sunday school this morning in the temple. But I'm not talking about the temple this morning. I'm talking about the tables of this world. They're going to be flipped because those Christ-hating billionaires with their mansions and their beach houses and their yachts and their treasures are going to burn in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever and ever. But guess what? You will have everything forever and ever with Jesus, our awesome Savior. Remember that when trouble comes. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning for this powerful church at Smyrna. What a demonstration of what we ought to be, of what we need to be. And we ask that we will be, even though the persecution hasn't really nailed us yet. May we understand these truths. May we be prepared in our hearts. May we make up our minds that we will follow you all the way, that we will endure, knowing that we have life eternal. We have you. We have everything forever and ever and ever. We give you praise for this. 
strengthen us this morning as we have looked at this wonderful church of Smyrna. Make us better for it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.